the world leader in Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Padar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Welcome back. I'm Jody Paynar, and I'm here with Liz Gold, and you are listening to Let's Get Radical. And we are live at the AICPA Engage event, and there's like tons of people here. It's pretty cool because the vendor showroom is open, and we've got lots of a big audience here, and it's pretty cool. And I have to give a couple shout-outs to our sponsors because they have been awesome today. Um, First Global, as well as Walters Kluwer, have allowed us to be here and broadcast live from the Engage event, which is just really cool cool because it's a bunch of CPAs and financial planners hanging out together, learning all the latest things. And um, we're just learning tons. And and it's just been a wonderful afternoon so far. And I'm really excited because our next two guests, um, we have a world famous influencer in the financial planning space, um, Bob Burris. And I'm going to have him introduce himself. And we also have the president of First Global, who we interviewed earlier this morning, David Nock. And he's going to be with us here as well. So, um, Bob, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about um, your role and what you do? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually thinking about rebranding myself to Mr. <laughs> Radical here. So. <laughs> um, I, I'm basically a collector of information about what's going on and where it's going and, and who's doing what. And it really, the, the future, as I define it, is what works. And so I'm a kind of a connoisseur of advisors who are doing really interesting stuff that seems to be working because I think if it's working now, then others are going to copy it and they're going to be doing more of it. So I'm sort of a futurist and sort of a commentator and sort of a journalist and I'm getting radical here as we, <laughs> as we talk. So. Great. And you were here today doing sessions. You've been presenting what? Yeah, I, I just did a session on the future of the profession. Um, I've written a book um, that, called The New Profession, which basically outlines the fact that financial planning, the goal of financial planning is to become a profession. It is not quite there yet, but it's that's that's where we're, we're aspiring to go. And then it talks about all the different evolutionary changes and how people are adapting to those changes and who's doing what. And um, also publish a newsletter, which is part of the PFP section um, services that are provided to the members. So it's called inside information. So wait, so you said financial planning is not yet a profession? Yeah. What does that mean exactly? Well, a profession, as I think any CPA knows, you know, a profession has an established body of knowledge. It has the sanctioning of government bodies so that only certain people can call themselves that. You know, I can't call myself a CPA. And that's a good thing because the, the amount of knowledge I have about, you know, audit or tax planning or, you know, nobody has ever mistaken me for Bob Keebler. So, but I could call myself a financial planner and hang out a shingle and I could take clients and people would. So if an unqualified idiot like me can call himself a financial planner, we're not yet a profession. And I think the body of knowledge is evolving and I think we're still trying to figure out what is the societal role of a financial planner. I have my own opinions, but I think there's enough of a diversity of opinions that we haven't coalesced around one common definition. 
Until we do that, we're not a profession. Can I add just one thing to that real quick? And hopefully Bob would agree. I mean, another way you can see it just is if you look at the financial planning programs in schools, right? Offshoot of, you know, let's say home economics type programs. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily see it in Ivy League schools. I I think until you start to see it really show up in colleges and universities the way the accounting profession maybe does, I still think that's going to be hindrance to what Bob's describing. You know, it's funny. I did a presentation. um, I was a keynote presenter at the Academy of Financial Services annual meeting, and I said exactly that. I said, you know, the, you, you graduate with a certificate in financial services. You graduate in, you graduate in something, anything other than financial planning. You know, you're, a, you're an accountant with a, a, a specialty in financial planning or a finance degree with a certificate mm-hmm. in financial planning. And I told them, you're, you're all going to have to get your act together and have a college for financial planning in every university. And um, I think the consensus was in about 100 years, that'll happen. So yeah. we're, we're, we're right on that road now. So how did you get into this line of work? And what keeps you interested and passionate? Over, you know, well, passionate, it, passionate comes from I fell in love with this profession. I have to tell you that you can you can do more good as a financial planner for more people and get more personal satisfaction out of it than pretty much anything else. And I, I, one of the things I like about it is it's a wonderful blend of technical and personal. Hmm. You know, right. you, you, you have to know stuff to be a financial planner. You've got to be smart to be a financial planner, but you also got to be fun in a, in a certain sense. And that's one of the things that has always impressed me about the financial planning subset of the CPA world is that the financial planners in the CPA world, they're all fun and happy and engaging and easy to talk to. And not every CPA fits that description, as you understand. And so it <laughs> kind of you, you, the people who really have those characteristics tend to gravitate toward this part of it. So you asked where I started from. I was editor of Financial Planning Magazine and was named editor before I could balance my own checkbook. I was totally <laughs> incompetent. Um, there, was, there, were no, there was no reason whatsoever to have hired me other than that I looked at the profession and decided, you know, I'd like to help hmm. somehow. And so I would go to people and um, I'd, I'd say, I'm a dumb journalist. And, and you know what passes for financial journalism in the, in the trade, in the consumer <laughs> right. press. So you know that that's a, that's a term of art. Um, and I'd yeah. say, you know, use, use small words, speak slowly, and help me understand what you're doing and how you do it. And I might get 70% of it. Be mm-hmm. patient. Mm-hmm. And I've been climbing that learning, learning curve for 35 years. Wow. And, and there's no end in sight to that learning curve. It's like an endless cliff that just keeps going up. So what is the biggest change you've seen since starting and where we are now? Starting out, financial planning was mostly about helping people invest. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the, the sole focus of most client engagements. Today, the client engagement is so much broader. It's, it's about so many more aspects of their lives, including, and I think this is tremendously important. This is what I talked about in my session, helping people understand what they want out of their lives. Most people are sleepwalking through their lives. They're wandering around. They're buffeted by this or that. They end up here. They're not sure how they got here. They're not really happy there. They live lives of quiet desperation because they don't have clarity about their goals and a path to get there and a coach that'll help them get there. And so I think the, the beauty of financial planning, if you will, the value of it, is helping people take control of their lives and move forward in a way that's um, intentional rather than just buffeted by random events. Hmm. And so you see this whole behavioral financial planning huge as moving forward in the industry as well? 
Well, the behavioral finance stuff is just what you have to overcome. You okay. know, most people, but, it, but the behavioral finance stuff, they're not measuring what I think is the big thing. Um, those are small heuristic glitches in the brain. You know, the, the big thing is most people don't have a clear direction. Right. And so helping them define the clear direction, once you do that, they have, they're among the one-tenth of one percent of the human population that knows what they want out of life and knows how to get there. Can I ask a question just related to that? I, mean, I don't uh, think you should be asking. No, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. so, so I mean, clearly you've spent a lot of time thinking about fiduciary standards and the role of a fiduciary. How has that dialogue in the industry, I think, changed the consumer's view of what they should be asking their financial advisors? Well, the, the whole fiduciary thing, basically, the idea is, are you on my side or not? Mm. And being on the side of the consumer as opposed to being on the side of the house, if you will. You know, here we are, and we, we understand <laughs> what the house is here in Las Vegas, um, is, is, I think, key to knowing whether, you, whether you, you want to build trust with this person or not. And so a lot, of, a lot more people understand fiduciary. I'm not sure I understand fiduciary, truth to tell, <laughs> but it's a, it, it certainly has something to do with trust. And if you pledge to act on behalf of the consumer, I think that's... A huge piece of the building trust, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So this has been awesome, um, but we have to take a short commercial break. And when we come back, we'll be back on the Engage floor live in Vegas. Stay tuned. First Global was founded by CPAs who believe that accounting and tax professionals are uniquely qualified to add value to their existing client relationships by offering comprehensive wealth management services. First Global believes the time is now for one of America's most trusted professions to rise up and show the world the power of true CPA financial planning. When you partner with First Global, you can be more to your clients. Play large by unleashing the power of wealth management and let go of the idea that someone else knows what best for your clients. Visit First Global at 1stglobal.com. CCH Access from Walters Kluwer has the power to grow, manage, and protect firms in motion through its integrated modules. These include tax preparation, centralized document management, improving client services, streamlining accounting, and managing your projects and deliverables. Accelerate growth, enhance management, and protect your organization's reputation. Visit cchgroup.com to find out more or register for a demo so we can show you what we do. That's cchgroup.com. Engage your learning, engage your network, engage your future. The AICPA Engage 2017 event happens over four days, Monday, June 12th through Thursday, June 15th at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Nevada. There are six conferences at the event, and you can attend one session, any session, or all sessions. Plus, if you can't make the trip, you can still take advantage of attending the event online. If you're in the accounting profession, this is a can't-miss event. Visit AICPAengage.com to find out that's AICPAengage.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening. 
listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Pedar, and we are in the middle of the exhibit hall at the MGM Grand for AICPA Engage. Follow along at the hashtag AICPA Engage. And uh, we're talking with Bob Veris, who's an influencer and editor and publisher, and also um, David Knock. <laughs> and, Got it. <laughs> right. It was the first time saying it, so thank you. So before we get into trends, you know, Bob, I want to ask you about demographics. You know, how are the demographics in the financial uh, planning industry changing? Do you see them changing? Well, that's that's one of the trends, actually. That, that was going to be my biggest oh. trend. So, <laughs> okay, I took it. So sorry. into trends. Well, we, 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 may, we may be jumping right to tre- okay, trends. Okay, that's fine. That's totally fine. Well, what, what, one of the things that, that I have been talking a lot about lately is, is one of the big changes in the profession is we're going to have to change who the clients are. The baby boomers, who are the traditional clients of the, the, the initial cohort of financial planners, um, are becoming aging accumulators. And so we're going to have to move on to a different cohort. And the different cohort, of course, is Gen X and Millennials. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the planning profession moved in, I think, the wrong direction. One of the untold stories, great untold stories about the profession is that the initial founders of the profession worked with their unwealthy peers initially and made them wealthy. And they made them so wealthy that the planning firms that emerged out of that, they started to have asset minimums of 2 and $3 million. And that locked out the next generation of potential clients who didn't have the advantage of someone working with them when they were not wealthy and helping them become wealthy. So now we're going to have to rediscover how to work with people who are unwealthy. And that's going to, that's going to require a new service model, a new revenue model. There are a lot of adaptations that are going to have to take place and leveraging technology. Uh, can I just add one thing to that, too, that I think is a huge hindrance to taking some of these steps is right now, I don't think the financial planning profession or financial advisors actually see the market as existing in the way that they need to. So I think you can bring resources and technology capabilities to firms, but I still think until the firms themselves recognize that there's a market to be served there, they're never going to approach them, never going to bring up the conversations, which is a shame. Right. Well, the interesting thing to me, though, is is that the next generation um, who I myself am, like, sees that opportunity because our my peers are going through life events and our parents are dying. And so there's this shift in wealth that's happening and we're needing financial planners sooner. So, yeah. but yet... I want to go to someone who looks like me, talks like me, acts like me, not someone who has maybe 25 years of experience and like older than me. So um, it's interesting to me that, you know, that the market is shifting and people want to work who, with people who look like them. And yet um, the boomers aren't necessarily seeing that. Well, what the boomers are doing, they're hiring people like you. And they're saying, get out there and market to aging accumulators who have $3 million right. of assets, you know? <laughs> and, they, and they're saying, that's not my peers. That's not my right. cohort. That's right. not people I know. I can't. And, and then they say, there's no cl- clear way I can work with my peers under the, the model that your firm has created. Mm. Right. So what I, I tell the, the 
people my age, um, I'm 65 years old. I look 35. I understand that. <laughs> and those of you who are watching this on video, you can tell that I look 35. The, um, what I'm telling them is tell your younger clients, make it a, or your younger advisors, make it a project for them to create a service model and a revenue model that's appropriate for their peers. And I tell them, the younger advisors, you owe it to your generation to bring financial planning back because it, it could conceivably be one of the biggest life changers of your generation's cohort that, that they'll ever experience. Right. And now the tools are starting to change enough because they're in the cloud and they're like that um, younger planners have tools that they want to work with. There are more software tools and leverage opportunities available now than there ever were. And, you know, I talk about one of the wonderful factoids that I throw out there is the next Intel chip on, on a PC is going to have as much processing power as the human mind. And the one after that is going to be double. So, you know, we're going to get intelligent software. We're going to get opportunities to leverage the wisdom and knowledge and intelligence of the advisors that we never had before. But a revenue model can be as simple as charging a subscription fee every month for providing simple cash flow analysis and giving advice on, on, on a simplified portfolio that will that makes more sense than, than what a lot of people. So now that um, because the, the boomers who own these established practices, they have really nice you know, revenue streams coming in, how, how can we help them realize that they need to go through succession or that they need to create change because the demographics of the world are changing? Well, two ways. One is I, I wrote a book on it and I, I pound this idea through <laughs> my newsletter and, and, and my writings in, you know, for Financial Planning Magazine. The other way, though, is the younger advisors. It's hard to recruit a younger advisor into a traditional planning firm that only services wealthy people. Right. And so eventually the, the dynamics of recruiting, the, the hunger for talent is going to require advisory firms to give that younger talent an opportunity to work with their peers. So you've got a dynamic. You've, you've got a dynamic of change already happening. Mm -hmm. What I'm telling the advisory founders is you'd better get on this bandwagon because it's it, or this train because if it leaves the station and you're not on it you're you're going to be a problem i'm try i'm watching out for their interests it's going to happen regardless so do you see um kind of assets leaving firms yet or is this kind of on the horizon of assets under management leaving firms because there's a, a shift in wealth to the next generation and the next generate or the next generation says i want to work with someone who looks like me acts like me talks like me and works with me digitally versus going to the guy, you know, um, at the, in the office sitting down and, and stuff like that. I, I don't think there's a negative pressure. I think it's, there's a positive pressure. The negative pressure, no, I don't see people losing assets right now yet. Yeah. But I do see people not taking advantage of this blue ocean opportunity that's sitting in front of them. There's probably 10, 20, maybe 30 potential clients who are unwealthy for every person who meets their asset minimum. They could be doubling, tripling their firm in size in, a, in fairly short order if they move into the blue ocean and their younger advisors are chomping at the bit to make this happen. Mm -hmm. Right. So you don't want to leave. So the, the pressure, I think, is, is missing out on an opportunity. And the first mover advantage is not to be sneezed at in this case. If you're locking up that market, then you're, if, you're, if you're gathering in clients from that blue ocean, then you're going to have 
a, a, a diversified portfolio of clients, if you will, going forward that other firms won't have. So, so speaking of diversity, I know you said diversified, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but you're changing the subject. It's a clever way to do it's it. It's a little pivot, yeah. right? So, I mean, one of the biggest issues for accounting firms, you know, is bringing is diversity and inclusion, you know, and how how bringing in new populations of people that, yeah. you know, and how the people of color, women, you know, and millennials are also part of that. But, you know, how is the financial planning industry doing with that? Terrible. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> I okay. mean, take a look around you, you know? It's <laughs> so how, how can that change? Well, I, I think there needs to be a little more... The, the younger generation is, is a lot more multicultural than the older yes. generation was. And so their peers and cohort... They, 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 we just had, saw a session yesterday where somebody said, we don't even notice. My, my millennial generation doesn't even notice diversity until we see a lack of it in a boardroom somewhere where it's right. a bunch of old white guys. Yes, thank you for saying that. So <laughs> it's, it's much easier to have your younger advisors recruiting their friends and neighbors who will happen to be indifferent. But there's a lot of work to do, particularly in the African, African-American community, where there isn't generational wealth. And so there's, there has to be a founding generation of generational wealth built, and there has to be an actual conscious outreach to talk to deliver that message to deliver a message that you know somebody's going to have to step up and and build the generational wealth of your cohort within our society and that's going to be when i talk to millennials and say you owe it to your generation i think some people owe it to their racial or ethnic cohort as well to make these things happen can I add one thing yeah. to this, too? I mean, I think part of the challenge today is in order to be able to increase the diversity of the financial planning profession, you're largely relying on career changes. It goes back to our early conversation about colleges and universities. I don't think the profession is doing, or at least the industry is doing enough to encourage people in high school, in college, to be pursuing this as a career path. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the accounting profession is starting to do more with this, but the financial planning profession is not. Um, so unless we start minting people out of school who see this as a profession, who feel the sense of responsibility, Bob's describing, we're not going to fundamentally change the industry. Okay. Yeah. And where we have to close, really, but I want to ask you, what what do you think is the top trend in the financial planning world that everybody should be thinking about? I think it's that pivot to creating a revenue model and a service model for not not just the next generation, but as, as David said, you know, a, a, a much more diverse group of clients, the yeah. blue ocean. Move the prof, no profession only works with the wealthy. Yeah, right. To be a profession, we have to work with everybody. Yes. And we ha- that blue ocean is everybody. Yes. Bob, David, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Please stay tuned. Thanks, we have more interviews coming your way. First Global was founded by CPAs who believe that accounting and tax professionals are uniquely qualified to add value to their existing client relationships by offering comprehensive wealth management services. First Global believes the time is now for one of America's most trusted professions to rise up and show the world the power of true CPA financial planning. When you partner with First Global, you can be more to your clients. Play large by unleashing the power of wealth management and let go of the idea that someone else knows what What's best for your clients? Visit First Global at 1stglobal.com. CCH Access from Walters Kluwer has the power to grow. 
manage, and protect firms in motion through its integrated modules. These include tax preparation, centralized document management, improving client services, streamlining accounting, and managing your projects and deliverables. Accelerate growth, enhance management, and protect your organization's reputation. Visit cchgroup.com to find out more or register for a demo so we can show you what we do. That's cchgroup.com. Engage your learning, engage your network, engage your future. The AICPA Engage 2017 event happens over four days, Monday, June 12th through Thursday, June 15th at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Nevada. There are six conferences at the event, and you can attend one session, any session, or all sessions. Plus, if you can't make the trip, you can still take advantage of attending the event online. If you're in the accounting profession, this is a can't-miss event. Visit AICPAengage.com to find out more. That's AICPAengage.com.